tonight. <coughs> I can't say favorite quite like Kyle used to, but every time he ate a meal that he liked, it's my favorite. Every time I sing a song I like, it's my favorite. And that way about passages of scripture at times too. We're going to be in verse 18, beginning in verse 18 of chapter 34 tonight. And we're going to read on down through the end of the chapter. Um, I want to look at the sacrifices though this evening, the first fruits, and uh, just draw some, some conclusions from that. Uh, and uh, so verse 18 says, The feast of unleavened bread shalt thou keep. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread. As I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib, for the month Abib thou camest out of Egypt. Uh, all that openeth the matrix is mine, and every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. But the firstling of the ass thou shalt redeem with the lamb, and if thou redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons shalt thou redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earing time and in harvest thou shalt rest. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, of the firstfruits of wheat harvest, and the field or feast of ingathering at the year's end. Thrice in the year shall all your men and children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land, when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left until the morning. The first of the first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not seed a kid in his mother's milk. And the Lord saith unto Moses, Write these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread or drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with him. And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them <clears throat> in commandment all the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And till Moses had done speaking with him, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out, and he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses put the veil upon his face until he went in to speak with him. I'll stop reading right there. It's an <clears throat> interesting passage speaking of Moses' face shining, but I'm not going to get into that tonight. I want to look at the first fruits. We're going to read some other scripture about it tonight. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a good principle, and there's, there's some application. So... Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for eternal security, Lord. We just sang about that earth, hell, death, nothing can separate us from your love. Father, I am so thankful that my salvation is only according to you. You saved me and you keep me. 
And uh, Father, I, I'm eternally grateful. I want to praise your name for that tonight. Lord, I, I ask that you just speak to us this evening. Help us to, to uh, learn more and more to depend upon you, to, to walk in faith. And Lord, as we, as we look in this passage tonight, just speak to us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So, uh, verse 18 down through verse 21 speaks of the first fruits. And then he, he mentions it a couple times again, verse 26. Uh, and he talks about even their time spent worshiping the Lord, that uh, it's going to be during the time of harvest at times. It's going to be t- during these times, but I will supply. And uh, he said that even when they're, when they're worshiping God and all the men have gone there, that he's going to keep others from desiring their land. It's an interesting passage as you read through this. God is promising to keep them, to preserve them. Uh, and as I was considering this, the feast of the unleavened bread, verse 18, thou shalt keep seven days, thou shalt eat unleavened bread as I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib, for the month Abib thou camest out of Egypt. All that openeth in the matrix is mine, and every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. The firstling of the ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou redeem him not, then thou shalt break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. It's all the firstborn, and we're going to read here in just a minute in Leviticus, uh, that it is the first fruits of everything that Israel harvested, they, they brought to the Lord. And so it's, it's important then, uh, go with me to Psalms 50, to, to just be reminded of one thing here as, as we get, get into this. Uh, he asked of them the first fruits. Why? Because he owns everything. Because he's worthy. But Psalms chapter 50, he, he talks about having uh, all things. Verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. He owns everything. He owns everything, and what we have is from Him. And we have to remember that. He asks that we obey in giving the first and the best of what we have. Now, we don't offer sacrifices today. Um, I don't have to, to break the neck of my donkey if I don't have a lamb to redeem him. I'm no longer under the law. But it's a principle here that we need to learn, we need to apply to our life. Um, all that we have is from him. I want to look at one more passage, and then we're going to go to Leviticus. Psalms chapter 24, 1 through 5. Verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell in, are therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation." Uh, he has it all. He founded the seas. He established it upon the floods. He is in control. And we are to then depend upon him. Uh, and so, 
Go with me to Leviticus chapter 23. We're going to read a little bit more about the first fruits, and then we're going to get into the, to the three points I have tonight. Read verse 9 through 14. Verse 9 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and ye shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted of you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf, and he lamb without blemish of the first year for the burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenths deal of fine flour mingled with oil, of offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor. And the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of it hen. And ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the same day that ye have brought the offering unto your God. It is, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Two things I wanted to look at here. So we saw the first fruits of the animals. Now, in Exodus it says the firstborn of any animal. The one that opens the matrix. That's the firstborn. So if your lamb has her first or your sheep has her first lamb, that one is the Lord's. Uh, and uh, even the thing with the donkey. You can't offer the donkey as a sacrifice, but you can put a lamb in as a substitute for the firstborn of that donkey. If you cannot do that, that donkey had to die because he was the Lord's. We are to, they were to give that back to God. Now he says here, the first fruits of your, you're going to bring a sheep of the first fruits from your harvest and give unto the Lord. I wanted to see one other thing here. You shall not eat until the sacrifice is made. Okay, so there's some, there's some, um, some, I guess for lack of a better word, just sacrifice made on the person as they are sacrificing. You're going to wait for God They're to give him the first and they were to give him the best and to make this offering before satisfying their needs. So they went and gave this to the Lord. Shows a humbling before God. And I wanted to look at three things about this as I considered the first fruits. When you take the first of what you have and the best of what you have and you give it to God, it shows some things. It shows, number one, there's dependence on Him. There's dependence on Him. We, we like to keep the best for ourselves, right? It shows gratitude. It shows gratitude that we know that He is the one that's supplying it. Um, the rich man decided that it was his work. He was going to keep it because he did it. Took his mind out, or his eyes off of God. He forgot that God supplies the need. And then there's this word that we keep coming to all over and over and over in the Bible, and that is surrender or submission to God. It shows us surrendering to Him. So first of all, the dependence it came from you. We read in Psalms that He has all of the world as His. Go with me to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. Twenty through twenty-seven. Read a little bit of a passage here. It says, "My son, attend to my words; incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes; keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, 
for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Look, let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let the, all thy ways be established. Look not, or turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. It is a focus on God. It's a focus on God. That I'm not, and we, and we I know I've preached on this several times lately, that, that it's not about the things of this life. So when he gives me a blessing, when, when he gives me a harvest, if I know it's from him, and I know that he can supply all of my needs, and my focus in my life is just for his glory, then it's not hard for me to take the first and the best and give it back to him. Because I know that he's going to meet my needs over and over and over, and my life is just focused on him, not on the things of this life. I'm not worried about where the next meal is going to come from. I'm not worried about how I'm going to pay the bills next month. Right now, I'm going to take what God gave me and I'm going to give it back to Him. I know He is glorified then. My, my life is not uh, unstable. I'm not worried. I'm pondering the path of my feet and I'm letting all my ways be established by the Lord. I'm going to go forward with Him. It is a focus on Him. It's a total dependence on him. Now, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, as a familiar couple verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. If I'm leaning on my own understanding when I get a harvest, when God brings something into my life, my understanding is, well, let's put that away and let's keep it. I have to retire someday. I'm not, I'm not against retirements. Please don't get me wrong. If you have a 401k, that's great. It's not your focus, though. It's not your purpose. God, God says, I supply these things so you can give back to me, so that you can give to the poor, so that you can be a fountain of blessing to those around you. And so, if I'm leaning on my own understanding, I'm looking at it thinking, well, okay, so... Uh, by the time I'm 65, Social Security is going to be completely bankrupt. Um, and, uh, and so I'm going to have to put this away to make sure my needs are met at that point. That's leaning on my own understandings. And, and as I said, there's nothing wrong with saving up, nothing wrong with an entire retirement. But the first part of this says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Verse 6, then, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He's going to meet our needs. In every day, and if I if I can have this attitude of total dependence on Him, that all I have comes from Him, and so I know tomorrow all that I need will come from Him. Twenty years down the road, all that I need will come from God. He is willing and able to meet my needs. Then I can give back without any hesitation, whether it's financial or if it's time. Maybe it's our family. It, it's all things that He's given to us. Have we given them back to Him? Lord, take the first and take the best. Because I know who you are and I know you will meet my need. I trust you. I, I depend upon you. Being willing to give back shows dependence. It also shows gratitude. You supply my needs and I'm grateful. <laughs> Too many times we think, well, I could always have a little more. I could always use a little more. This, this illustration always comes to my mind, and I know I've used it here before, but when we built 
uh, a deck and recited a house for a doctor in Douglas, Wyoming. Um, I don't remember how much it cost her entirely, but we put a new roof, new siding, new windows, new doors, a 2,400-foot deck around three sides of her house, and, uh, and we built a barn for her. And all of this, and her husband's out there most of the time, half the time with us, and uh, he was not getting rich, but he made about 45 grand a year, which is a good living in Wyoming. And then she made upwards of 250,000 a year. So together they're making, you know, 300, somewhere in that range. And uh, something was said about needing money, and I looked at him, and I was like, okay, Eric, I don't want to hear it. I think you guys are fine. He goes, listen, the more we make, the more we need. The more we make, the more we spend. And I couldn't quite grasp it. Like, you're crazy. But they were living paycheck to paycheck on over $300,000. Why? Because they're ungrateful. When, when, they had what, when God gave them something, all they could see was, well, there's more out there. I, I need more. And so I, I see, a, a, well, their marriage didn't last. They're, they're no longer together. But there was a couple that was never going to give now, they weren't saved, had opportunity to talk to Eric a few times, didn't really want to hear it. Um, Lord willing, you'll get saved someday. But the Christian can have the same mentality. And so we start holding back that which is God has given us because, well, we need more, and if I give it, I can't get it. I, I thought of this passage, and I, and I go to this a lot. I, um, it was my favorite <laughs> For a long time. Philippians chapter 4 and uh, verse 6 through 8. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And that's a key in this verse. You know, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, with gratitude. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I used to just read 6 and 7 a lot. I can't read those without verse 8 together with them anymore. Because it, it is the right mindset. I'm thinking on things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just, pure, lovely, good report. And when I do, when my mindset is that, I have an attitude of thanksgiving. I'm going to go to the Lord, and I'm going to let all of my cares, I'm going to give Him all of the worries, all of the stresses of my life, and, and to Him with thanksgiving, knowing that He meets my needs knowing that He gave me what I have. So if I'm willing to give Him the best and the first, it shows that I have gratitude, shows that I'm thankful for all that He's given me. Not, not looking at it and thinking, well, there could be more. But instead say, thank you, Lord, for all that You've given me, the many blessings in my life. And, and just considering the things that are true. What's true? Well, true. what's true is that He saved me, first of all. 
His blood redeemed me and I'm unworthy. That's true. What's true is he owns everything, so he, he supplied it. I didn't, I didn't really get it on my own merit. He gave me maybe the abilities to do a job to earn the money that I'm making. And so he gave me my living. He gave me everything that I have. That's true. What are honest? <laughs> What's honest? Well, the honest thing is only his word. So I'm focusing on his word. Things that are just, pure, lovely. As I look down this, it, it's, my focus is then on him. I can't, I can't give myself any of those qualities outside of his righteousness. I lack all of those in my own flesh. So if I'm thinking about Him, then I'm going to be thankful for all things. Be careful for nothing. I'm not going to be stressed and worried. My life is going to be that of, of thanksgiving. I can go to Him, thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me. And Lord, I, I see an area in my life and I'm concerned about this. I'm going to leave it at your feet because I know that you can handle it. I know that you've given me all that I need. So... Giving the first fruits shows a dependence on God. It shows a gratitude to God. And then it shows a, a surrender to Him. And we, we looked at this in Sunday school this morning. So you're going to get a little bit of a rerun. Um, 7 through 10 of chapter, uh, James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Verse 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. The word submit in verse 7 says to put under. To put under. To be in, in complete um, subjugation. The, to be a slave. All right? I've, I've given up everything. I'm now under their control. So when, I, when it says, submit yourself therefore to the Lord, it is that I am completely let go of everything. It's not my will, but thine, as Christ said in the garden. He's, it's whatever you want, Lord, is always what I will accept. Now, we fail in this. I know every one of us do. But he said that we will do this. Then he says to resist the devil, to stand up to him. That's to stand up to wrong, to, to sin in my own life and to the, to the world around me. Right? Stand up to the devil, resist him, and he will flee from you. But the submitting to the Lord is the key to that. I'm not going to resist the devil in my own strength, but when I'm submitted to him, I am able to make him flee. He says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So, get in his presence. Stay in his presence. Desire it. When I go to him, he comes to me. I love that picture. We talked about it this morning, as, as when I come home, my twins rush to the door. Attack me every time I come home. Daddy, 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 daddy. They're excited to see me. And that should be my desire for the Lord. When I go, it's with eagerness and I'm drawing nigh to Him. And He said, every time I do, He's going to draw nigh to me. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. 
Let's not be distracted by the world and have our mind on the world and our mind on the things of God. Go back up just a few verses and you see in verse 4 that if you're friends of the world, you're the enemy of God. You cannot have both. When when I'm allowing sin in my life, though, I'm double-minded. When I haven't purified myself, my focus is split. I'm looking at the sin and I'm looking at satisfying the desires of the flesh over here and trying to satisfy the Lord on this side. Double-minded, the Bible says, unstable in all my ways. And then be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. That is, be broken-hearted over my own sin and over the condition of the world. That I, I am, that I am surrendered in that. And then he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Surrender means that I that is that it is all about what God wants in my life. And so if he asks me for the first fruits, I don't hesitate in giving it to him because I want to fulfill his will in my life. I want his will to be in control. Christian, there should be nothing in my life that I hold back from God. Nothing. If God asks you to give up something that's not even wrong, but you know that it is the Lord's will for you to give that up, there should be no hesitation. If I'm surrendered to His will, yes, Lord, I can do that. I will gladly do that, no matter what it is. I, had a, I heard a man one time, and and. From my understanding, his baptism is not biblical. But he would be highly offended and would never speak to the, to the pastor of the church that he goes to if they ever ask him to get rebaptized. Now when I heard him say that, I thought, first of all, it's a wrong view of baptism because baptism has nothing to do with salvation. It's a testimony to the church of your salvation. It pictures what Christ did. Secondly, it is a stubbornness there that is not surrendered to God. Not surrendered to God. You, you, you really want to be in His will? If He was to say that you are to be rebaptized and baptized correctly, there should be no hesitation. should run to the water. Yes, Lord, whatever you say. If I'm truly living according to His will, there's nothing that I can hold back from Him. Nothing. Another illustration, I heard somebody say one time, never ask me to give up my pants. This was a lady, she said, if you ever, if, if, I will never give up my pants. Now, I'm not getting into that discussion tonight. Alright? Modesty is, is, is key in how women dress. But, the thought that occurred to me was, I'm sorry, that's not surrendered. Whether you believe a woman should or should not wear them, that's not surrendered to God. If God said, from now on, wear dresses, what's the hesitation? Because God's will is over ours. That's surrendering. That's just an illustration. We should never have the attitude that, God, this I will not give up. This I will keep for all of my life, no matter what. We're not truly surrendered to His will. There should be nothing in this life 
that I will hold back from him. So when I give him my first fruits, it's a picture of this. Lord, I'm giving you everything. My will is, is surrendered to yours. I know you can meet my needs. I know you're able, and I'm going to depend upon you for it. I know that all that I have is by your mercy and by your grace, and so I'm, I'm thankful for all that I have. And lastly, I, I'm, it doesn't matter what I have. It's your will in my life that matters. You, you lead, Lord. You guide. And I will surrender to you. We cannot tell the Lord no. You know, I, I, I don't mean to... Um, I want this just to be a testimony of what God has done in my life. Because it's not about me. But when I was 29, or late 29, early 30, somewhere in there, I was really struggling with where I was going in my life. And I, and I, was, I had been walking away from the Lord for a while. And I finally got to the point in my life of total surrender. Now please understand that I have failed Him ever since. I'm not totally surrendered to God every moment of every day. But at, at that point in my life, I said, Lord, whatever you lead, however you lead in my life, I will never tell you no again. I made a commitment to God. And I've endeavored to keep that commitment. When I gave the Lord that... And I just stepped back and said, Father, whatever happens in my life, I, I just want you to lead me. He started blessing in my life. I gave up some things. And I promise you, I don't regret it. And they were things that weren't necessarily wrong. I've just walked away from them. And I praise the Lord for that mercy in my life that He allowed me to come back to Him in such a way. But Christian, we have to have that same thing. Lord, I will never tell you no. No matter what it is. So when you supply, I'm going to gladly give back. I'm going to gladly show you that I depend upon you. That I'm surrendered to you. Uh, the Christian life is that of just trusting God. You, you, uh, you want to give me something, Lord? Praise, praise your name. If you don't, I'm just as grateful. And every day, every day I'm going to give back what you've given to me. Never tell him no. His will is always best. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for loving us. Thank you for giving us direction and giving us purpose in life and, and, uh, and supplying our needs. Lord, help us to live this week in total surrender, total dependence on you. And Father, having uh, gratitude in our life, being thankful for all that you've done, help us, Lord, to have that peace and joy that comes when we trust you. Or be with those that are sick tonight. I want to, uh, remember the sires again this evening, Lord. Strengthen them, touch their bodies, and help them, Lord, to quickly recover. Be with Dawn, Lord, as she is uh, dealing with her illness today. Lord, strengthen her. Give her a good night's rest tonight, Lord, and, and just uh, a soon recovery from, from uh, this sickness, whatever it is. Lord, be with Charles. Thank you for the safe, uh, safe uh, surgery. Lord, guide in, in his recovery. Um, Father, I uh, be with uh, Scott tonight. Lord, as he's out on patrol, keep him safe. Lord, use him in his job there. Uh, just to be able to minister and help, help people and reach out and be a, a witness uh, in his job there. 
Lord, be with each one that's missing, with Lee and the Sharps. And Lord, I ask that you would just guide each one of them. Thank you for our church, Lord. Thank you for keeping us. And Lord, I ask that you would draw us closer to yourself and closer together as a, as a church, Father, that we will stand as a light in Wichita Falls. Lord, use us this week. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for being here. You are dismissed.